Holding down second at the moment. Warrigo's going well inside the 150. Warrigo's kept going from King of Naples. So am I running home into third, but Warrigo's will do it again. Back to back wins. Warrigo's won it. Welcome to Bet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm the Lion Ranger in the Gold Coast today. It's extraordinary scenes and it's been an extraordinary week in racing and wagering, betting, the media landscape. There's a lot going on, and it's uh, it's, it's hit home here as well. We've had uh, Walt leave the studio in disgust. We were sort of warming up pre-show, uh, and DK's just started pushing his buttons, and he um, he's hit the eject button, oh, Walt, and he's uh, exploded. So tell you what, uh, wow. Don't know what to say, DK. No, a bit, bit shell-shocked here, Scooty. I'm flying solo myself. Nico's, Nico's uh, he swerved the drama there, but he might have pulled the right rein there staying at home, but... Um... Oh well, a bit of uh, yeah, a bit of a pre-show uh, chat as we normally do, and try and you know get ourselves going. And I'm, I might have gone a little bit too hard, but uh, anyway, Walt. Uh, yeah, anyway, that's uh, anyway. I'll have to get get onto him after the show or something and uh, make amends. But uh, show must go on, Scoot, as they say. Exactly, Nico. Uh, the big swerve. You're under uh, hard riding. You're uh, under the pump this week. What's going on? You haven't even got kids. Wait till they kick in. Oh yeah, just just a lot happening. Uh... You know, they put nine races on in Tasmania and then uh, a bit of work for RSN. So I thought uh, the, the driving to Melbourne might be a bit too much for today. But um, no, we're, we're deep into the form. We've had a good look at Geelong for the punters uh, for the show because I uh, thought Mini Valley might be a bit tricky. And unfortunately, I can't get out there for Saturday due to some uh, commitments for the Mount Yamal. So I thought Geelong might be the uh, the program we can sink our teeth into and maybe find a few winners of the maidens. After the monorail and the, uh, I can call it crap, after the uh, the setup and the track that they served up last time, I don't sort of mind a, a bit of a half soft strike on uh, Moonee Valley. be interesting to see how they uh, serve the track up uh, this Saturday and uh, who'd, who'd know what you could expect. Could be absolute fence on fire again. They might uh, water it or the track could be, um, I guess curated so it can you know overcorrect from the bias. You just wouldn't know. So uh, not much confidence to bet in the valley, and I guess it brings us into um, the great topic or the first uh, bit of uh, controversy this week, and that's probably the reason we've had the uh, the walk off here. Is uh, Racing Victoria's CEO Andrew Jones was a pretty uh, was a pretty interesting interview on racing.com talking about uh, the topic that we raised on last week's show the mic'd up jockeys and then the introduction of the uh, the no whip big bash style racing format it was interesting some of his comments uh, with uh, Paul Tatnell and then he was on the quick backup uh, with Gareth Hall uh, on one of the SEN programs there and just looking at uh, some of the tweets across uh, uh, social media and just comments in general, sounds like a bit of nightmare fuel for participants as well. And I thought it was um, some pretty arrogant sort of stuff from the Racing Victoria CEO. And uh, Mitch Beer, sort of tongue-in-cheek, said, um, has anyone tried turning RV off and back on again um, with his arms crossed there? Um Got another one here with um, Amy Yagi, and I think Amy's been doing um, some work with Racing.com. So this is, um, I, I don't know, I, I guess I guess it's a pretty ballsy thing to do. So this is live footage of what I've done to myself to stop getting on Twitter and typing what I really think about our CEO has to say this afternoon, where are we? And it's got a, uh, a woman, I assume, in a straight jacket lying on the floor on some grass, and then um, Damien Lane said, it's quite incredible as well. So this is just a couple of um, sort of highlights and interesting points just to, I guess, um, 
help steer our conversation. Dean Hawkes, uh, I've heard it all now. RV CEO made a reference that because F1 drivers use microphones and earpieces and go faster than horses, it should be okay for a jockey. Hang on, the driver controls the car. The horse is an animal and do not behave the same as a car. So um, I'd say that uh, it's it's pretty uh, pretty standard there. And this is an interesting one. For me, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the work cover premiums going, and um, John uh, John's out of Linux, who's a uh, a punter. I think he's uh, Canberra based, but maybe now in Queensland. He said, "Here's the bottom line: There's no way that RV's insurer insurer is going to allow microphones without premium increases. They surely understand how dangerous it would be. That might also apply to whip free racing because the racing would get more dangerous, uh, making it less safe, and it's not an ideal." way to attract any new people by making racing less safe so i think uh john's hit the nail on the head and i think the work cover premium just shows if if it's already at um breaking point now the work cover premiums it just to me sort of spells out how poorly thought out this idea is and uh, that it, it, it can only be a gimmick that sort of lasts a couple of weeks and it opens Pandora's box. If the jockeys agree to putting the whip away i can just see a, a maureen Fakuri or some of the greens come out and say oh well They've proved it. They've done four meetings without the whip. You guys are barbaric and it'll just add more fuel to the fire for the whip to be put away completely. So I guess that's my stance. I think it's um, pretty cut and dry. It's a gimmick. I'm pretty disappointed um, that um, this this bloke, this Andrew Jones, is, is fixated on, on fixing sort of the 18 to 35s to get new people in the game um, with, I guess, a, a pretty gimmicky idea when, you know, it's models like Betfair and Top Sport that have um, – that are driving lots of turnover, uh, basically getting um, ushered out the door via these um, crazy tax tax um, thresholds and and tax fees at the moment. Like, I, I don't know how you can alienate those two product drivers and growth drivers of turnover, um, but then try and chase this unicorn of eighteen to thirty five year olds that might have a fleeting interest in in racing. It's um, I think it's I think it's a disgrace. DK, as again I said last week, I don't mind innovation. I don't mind. The thought of creativity. One minute this bloke's the white knight that racing, you know, needs to take as a head down here, and then he comes out and says a few things that have upset a few people and might have been taken out of context here or there. Um, and now everyone thinks he's an he's an a hole, and oh, he's got to go, he's got to go, he's he's got to go. So, um, you know, I don't, again, I don't mind the you know the the mic the, the theory of the mic, um, that the sounds of the race more so. It's never going to be happen that it would talk. Um, any communication during a race, but if you've ever seen the movies, you know even get you know, the even the ride like a girl movies and stuff like that, where they you know get as much noise and and stuff from the jocks in the races, um, you know there's something there to explore. I mean it's in the embryonic stage. They got caught on the hop by the RaceNet article, you know last week, um, and then he's had to come out and explain it, and he's probably done it poorly. Um, he's had number of points in his head to compare it to. Formula One, which it's not pretty comparable, but he's, he's comparing a dangerous, fast sport, but it's probably not the right one. And he's also um, probably said, you know, what do you say to the people who, who, who are, the way he said participants, but I think he's saying the people who don't like what you do. And he says, I'll, I'll just get on with the job. But, oh, mate, you can't upset the, don't upset the participants, don't upset the, sent them. And the trainers are very sensitive at the moment anyway, because they all think they're overworked and work cover premiums are all going up and everything. So they're under the pump anyway, and they just needed another thing to piss them off. They just, all the things you showed there pretty much were from trainers, Amy Yagi and Mitch Beard, trainers. You can't upset the trainers, you know. So, um, you know, as I said, I don't, I don't mind the creativity. I think he's, he's the communications. I think Dan O'Sullivan did it, wrote a thing, wasn't it? I think it's the, 
the, the issue is communi communicating all this to the people and the, and the strategy behind that, you know. Him coming out and just doing the rounds in the media hustings yesterday and making a bit of a meal on it um, hasn't, helped, hasn't helped anything. He thought it might have helped. It hasn't helped anything at all. It's made things worse. So, um, yeah, I don't mind the creativity. I don't mind them exploring it. They'll get stuck. People like Chris Simons and, and things like that to trial it and like he did with the camera on the helmet and see if it works. Like, there's nothing better than that sound of the hooves. You know, those mics they have with the sound of the hooves running past Cup Carnival Week and all that. A bit more sounds in between the race, but no way there'd be any communication. I mean, again, everyone just saw what happens if the trainer's talking to the jockey mid-race and the jockey falls straight to worst-case scenario, you know? Like, you know, they might just get a bit of um, a bit of a clip from the jocks, you know, as the mic's on during the race. So anyway, that's I, I don't mind innovation for a sport that hasn't innovated for forever. Um, but uh, he made a meal of it on the on the media's, on the the media's media round. That's all I think. Anyway. I think the... Um, I, I, Tend to disagree at carnival time when, especially the shot when they when they pan to the shot of the horse's foot feet at the six or the four hundred meter mark. That is complete torture. I'm happy to have the sound integrated into yeah, the, the vision, sound. Yeah, I'll but then all, the all of a sudden I'm watching the race. Then you go, there's a camera shot where I look at horses' feet with hooves. Like I can have the sound, but where the heck, where the heck is my horse gone? Is it made a made up position in running? Like it's that split second that I get this um oh, like this this overlay. It's it's Terrible, but Nico? it's on the. It is on the free to air, free to air broadcast, which is not aimed at the hardcore. Racing.com wouldn't put that in. So you want to watch and get your replays and watch everything like that should be on Racing.com. So, but again, and again, he's all. all I mean, he's, what did he say? He said it's one, four races out of five hundred and fifty. They're going to do it on four races. So one um, percent of the, less than one percent of the races they're going to look at mixing it up. But uh, anyway, you know, I think the. The sort of the way it's probably been come out in the media and just, you know, with that article getting sort of leaked, I suppose, and just how it's sort of come out from there, it's probably not how Race of Victoria would have wanted it. And then obviously yesterday probably wasn't the best look. But um look, I still think there's some merit in what they're doing with the innovation. It's just sort of what they do. And I think that probably just hasn't been explained well enough. Like, you know, a lot of the things people are jumping to the worst case scenario because we don't know what the scenario is. So Think we just got to wait until those things sort of pan out a bit before everyone makes a full-on um sort of um opinion on it but yeah I'm, I'm a bit on the fence at the moment i can see i can see both sides to this to the angle that um people are sort of taking on twitter but uh, i think that's you know on a day where we had the the caulfield cup the cox plate uh, melbourne cup nominations and then this sort of took over and has three hundred thousand views on social media like the I think that it's kind of like the launch of the Spring Carnival that day with the nominations. Like that should have been the big story and all of a sudden this just took over that's, you know, probably going to be irrelevant for something like the Spring and probably not going to happen for a good while. So, um, yeah, from that point of view, I'd much rather we just focus on marketing the, the Spring Carnival and the horses that are coming because we've got some really good internationals coming like Romantic Warrior, um, the Caulfield Cup favourite now. When he got announced, he was 26 into $11 and no one's heard a word about it because it's all been about this. So think we're just probably focused on the the wrong story for the week and you know this could be brought up you know when a week when there's nothing really going on but um it's just sort of the way the the balls bounce there oh exactly it's a one-way hatchet job and a smear hatchet, I guess. absolutely uh, and sabotage It'd be a great one to hear something over the from the uh, uh, racing New South Wales side of things. You had odds and evens that have failed to prop up these races, so there's no accountability there. They've got the highest POC rate in Australia. It's the most expensive place, and the fees are just going through the roof. But there's nothing clear about what happens in New South Wales. So uh, everyone, I guess, in defence of um, Peter Volandis, look, they're, they're no better. And I, I take your point, DK. I, Trainers are a sensitive bunch, but at the moment, I know that punters are getting absolutely fisted and reamed, and I don't think anyone in the industry is um, 
getting like a real good run at anything. So I think it's it is time to be critical uh, of a lot of people. But um, again, like it comes back to the pricing model and structure. The silliest thing that I think in the industry at the moment is that is causing the most distress is this stupid threshold. Um, you've got a million dollar threshold where all these bookies can start up and then as soon as they cross this million dollar uh, profitability uh, threshold, they're, they're taxed at the same rate as sports bet. So no one's going to be able to grow. The POC tax are going to be increasing in Victoria soon. So all those businesses are confetti. So you grow a business, get it to a good rate, and then all of a sudden you, you're stuck. And then that's where the problems um, get when you've got bookmakers who are getting people to um, uh, submit all their bank records and things like that. And I heard a, an absolute corker yesterday. A punter was told that they have to send in proof and recordings of all their bets to prove that they weren't using a robot to put bets on. Like, what's it come to? And it's all problems that have been created and built by RV. And here's another one that they're just they're just creating all these problems for themselves. As Nico points out, they should be just letting the spring carnival do the talking. And they still hold top rank and top dog, but they're just getting absolutely bamboozled by uh, racing New South Wales and making a meal of it, as Dan O'Sullivan, as you guys agree, through their comms, trying to play ducks and drakes and hide sort of a new concept so Peter Volandis doesn't get up their skirt and releases the innovation before them. like. It's petty, and it's it's. I think something's something's going to break, and something's going to change. But getting and alienating all your participants and the guys that have got their skin in the game and racing's their life, DK. Like, oh, that's right. I've seen lots of these blokes like Andrew Jones come into organisations that are fly by night. They can't hold any job on their resume for more than five years. They don't care. They're just change disruptors, disruptors, and they can absolutely do more damage than. Um, and it, and it can really it happen really quickly. And so if there's there's all these other people, that's all they've got. So I can see why the trainers and guys like Walt, like racing's his life. So what else has he got? Yeah, this no, guy no, can I... flit onto the next thing. If he if he crashes and burns, he can flit onto the next sport or do whatever. All these racing people, they're they're up at four a.m. every day. DK. That's what I'm blowing. That Ben Amafio's coming, hasn't he? He's got the didn't he get the lemonade or something from North Melbourne? Now he's coming and the he's the he's one he's one underneath. Andrew Jones, stuff like that, and people are saying, what's this, this bloke, you know? So um, how's he, what's he know about racing? And that's, that's, I think that's their point. But I understand that, you know, he's got a business to run. All the trainers and jockeys run their own businesses. He's got a business to run. He's trying to run it without fear of hope. And he's accountable to the board as well. Like, so, you know, these, if they're going to, you know, the board would be well aware. A lot of, lot of uh, people who connections to injury participants on the, on the board. So they, they would have heard about it all last night. And, you know, it'd be interesting to see what pans out. But, um, Anyway, the spring carnival, mate, this is crunch time spring carnival. I think he did stay way drinks down 15%, didn't he? So, um, you know, a bit of better spark up in the spring carnival. Otherwise, uh, as we keep talking, there's going to be a tipping point here somewhere. Mm, there could be a big, uh, big shake up. So, yeah, they'll have to uh, pull their socks up. All right, today's show is going to be uh, a bit of a challenge. I guess probably more so for me. We're going to have to uh, step in and cover uh, Walt. And hopefully that, uh, yeah, D DK and Walt will break some bread. You might fly up to Walt's dungeon and. Uh, his little beer went. Oh, he's not a beer wench. He would have to be his lemonade wench for a week or two. DK, Hulk juice, Hulk juice. <laughs> oh, I'll give him. I'll give him a ring after the show. I'll sort it out. As Don is uh, good, he's got Eagle Farm. He was all over Zarastros, but uh, needs to lift a bit. The Donny, uh, while it was good with uh, Water Goes, really easy watch. Just uh, I think it sat outside leader again and just absolutely brained them one in an absolute canter. Rose Hill again. I think he's going to chase some uh, Chris Waller Love Nico. It's our time. The world wanted to be on. You uh, tipped it up early. 
and uh, all the stars and the big punters aligned on that one and it just came sailing to the outside. So pretty good show for uh, the followers of Bet Doctor last week. You can have a look at uh, Geelong Friday, as you said, and uh, Death Valley. Azza is flying down to Geelong to watch his horse. So obviously, yeah, Azza loves the Victorian racing and does uh, form all over the place. But, uh, yeah, he's going to uh, fly down and watch his horse run. So he's a, uh, an admission from today's show. Again, I'm going to uh, step into the hot seat uh, as a Rastro. I feel like I've got a bit of momentum. Uh, and I'm uh, definitely in a peak for uh, for spring. Found not a bad little winner for the syndicate on uh, – what was that horse on, on Sunday, uh, Nico? Oh, I'm a Shelby. We had two bets in the race. Yeah, I'm a Shelby. That was a good result. Just, I think it was yeah, I'm a Shelby. Half half time at the footy, just tuned in there. Twenty one dollar winner. Yeah, good. Beautiful. So, so that was handy. And then uh, Rogue Rocker. So uh, we had that uh, race sorted out there. So make sure you jump in a little bit of syndicate. Fifty bucks a week. It's less than a bonus bet. So uh, if you want uh, Nico and mine and Donnie's A sets um, outside of this show, you can uh, tune in a little bit of syndicate. 50, 50 bucks a week. So good value that one uh, with uh, those sort of price winners flying around. Still uh, well in front. And I think we would would be eclipsing. DK's uh, unit profit when he was absolutely humming. So it's definitely worth uh, checking out. Uh, top Sport Steamers, uh, Oita was heavily back, $7 into bugger all and got the chocolate. So the Top Sport Steamers are firing. And as we said, uh, make sure you support Top Sport, Australian-owned operator for over 40 years. And uh, they're hard to beat, their customer service, and their app is as good as anything. Nico, let's uh, spear into Geelong on Friday. And the horse that you like is from a Trialgan trial here, and it's uh, Celestial Harmony. In the uh, the haze colours, tell us why you like this. Yeah, race one number one for the punters, so uh, this would be pretty easy to work out for him. And I thought this was a, a good trial by Celestial Harmony. I think this is what you'll see on on Friday. Sorry, he's in the haze colours here. Pretty much jumps straight to the front from an inside draw. He's going to have to do the same here. Probably kick up and hold a spot from an inside draw. But he's first up over twelve hundred meters, and I did like that he has had some trials over sort of eleven hundred and a thousand meters leading into this. Um, just a, a horse. I think there's a two hundred thousand dollar yearling buy um, by a mare that, or out of a mare that's had a bit of ability. And the way Team Hayes is absolutely flying this new season, and Mick D seems to be their real go-to jockey. Um, Mick D has jumped this horse out. I think his first jump out, he won. Mick D rode him, so he's got a good association with the horse. I thought here in the trial, he didn't really get around the Terrellwood corner. It's a very tight turning track. This um, Geelong's not as tight, so I think that'll be a positive going to the races today. But once he balanced up. Um, I thought he got to the line pretty well. Jamie Mott sort of gave him a few cracks with the whip. And just looking at this trial, I thought this is more, um, you could probably watch this and think it was nearly a race. All the horses are sort of under the whip here and he sort of comes away from him late. So I thought this was a really good education uh, for him to sort of take this to a debut run from an inside draw, a very similar setup where he's probably going to have to kick off the bend, um, which he did there under riding. So I thought just with the way that sort of trial set up, I don't know about you, DK, but I thought it kind of looked like a bit of a race to me. So, um, yeah, I thought this horse could go to Geelong and run really well in uh, race one, number one. Just looked a bit green, but that's a tighter track coming to a bigger track, so he might bring into a bigger track. So he sort of bit what he laid out of there around the turn, didn't he? Nico? But that's Trialgan's pretty tight, so I haven't looked at that race yet. So um, I'd have to, I'll have a look uh, later on. Today. I don't know if it's a DK mm. race. Uh, t- t- no, I'll call the first starters, in it? Twelve of the runners in the race of first stars and the, yeah, the four. I'll do, I'll, do, I'll do that race last. Yeah. But, what um, price would you <laughs> what price would you take, Nico? Well, I thought just looking at the race, you know, Geelong is a really good track to sort of get up on top of the speed. Um, especially with it's been playing recently, dry ground. I thought he's gonna have every possible chance from barrier number one. Uh, the favourite King of Fighters has jumped out okay, jumped out against Frankfurt and then the horse that won yesterday, Snow Patrol. He looked good, but um, he's got to overcome a wide draw here, Southport Tycoon. 
the Ma Eustace run. Again, jumped out okay, but doesn't look like anything um, sort of outstanding there. He doesn't look like a superstar. I thought War Machine is probably the danger at around $9, but uh, I think they're around sort of, you know, seven, eight dollars for, for War Machine and about six dollars for Celestial Harmony. I think you could probably back Celestial Harmony each way. I reckon he's going to be right in the finish, but uh, I probably would mark him a narrow favorite and think he's uh, well over the odds at six dollars, Celestial Harmony. All right, let's uh, let's have a look at uh, the next one. It comes up at Geelong in race five, and this is a horse that uh, has already had a start this preparation, and the horse is uh, second act in the, uh, the Jerry Ryan colors, carting wide here. Yeah, I thought this horse probably should have won on this day. Uh, this is uh, a half-brother Stern Idol. He had two starts overseas in jumps races. I don't even know if he finished in them. Uh, I don't know what P in the form right is, but this is his first run here in Australia. It was over 2,400 metres. Uh, another horse, he didn't really kind of handle the turn there at Geelong. He sort of came down the dip and uh, was all at sea and then wanted to lay in in the straight. Once Jamie Mott got the whip in the left hand, thought he knuckled down and really hit the line strongly. I know he was against Cross Hill, but... Um, you can sort of tie that form in through a few of the others, like City Limits was beaten by Karakoran at um, Bandstyle. I'm pretty sure that form can sort of be tied in through the other 2,500-meter maidens we've had at Geelong, which that horse has run in. So I thought you could definitely tie the form in. That was his first run here in Australia, over 2,400 meters. So you'd think that'd be improvement to come second up. I like Jamie Mott keeping the ride. I think that's going to be crucial for his chances, given um, the sort of quirks he had coming down the hill and then sort of wanting to lay in the straight. I think he'd probably just start with a whip in the left. And uh, I think with a more positive ride, he was sort of a bit keen in the early stages of what was an even tempo. I think if you can let him roll a bit and sort of get into his get into his rhythm and get him a bit in the zone coming down the hill and then hopefully uh, keep the whip in the left and keep him nice and straight coming to the home bend, um, I think he's definitely going to be a horse that's going to be attacking the line. You watched his work. You see through the line in that Geelong replay, he was really sort of humming through the line. Um, so I think he just needs to get balanced up at the top of the straight and could be too good. They haven't missed him. I wouldn't be surprised if he drifted, given there probably is a few horses here that um, have run wild their last starts in City Limits and Willy Wink. Uh, but I thought he probably should be getting the job done. DK, does that race tickle your fancy? Uh, yeah, only because I didn't. Yeah, I did. I didn't mind um, the other. I didn't mind some alternatives to it, actually. I thought the. I could see Nico's point there, but um, he looks he, he's, he's a 3,200 meter jumper that horse, and he went up. What do you go up six to four or something? So um, I thought I thought City Limits um, crying out. I mean, it was I thought it was really good on an unsuitable tight track at Bairnsdale. Showed real natural stamina, being strong late there in a in a testing race by Ankorian. Um, I just in my my comment was once 2,400 on a big track, and that's what it gets there. And um, that Willy Wink was off the map there at Warwicknabeel. Um, and the leader just got away with um, got away with the race, got a race on him. But uh, so he can run well as well. But uh, just just that the, the betting move there for it. I first thing it was first run for Aaron Purcell. So uh, again, it comes looks like it's suited up in trip. But um, that's just me in general. Though I like things stepping up in trip rather than things staying at the trip. That's just something that I warm to. So um, I sort of I sort of if I see a favourite staying at the trip, I sort of uh, go looking for alternatives. Mm. When I first, yeah, I, I was probably in the same uh, line of thought. I thought, oh, this would be good if the horse is jumping from eighteen hundred to twenty four hundred or, or something like that. But um, mm, interesting. Failed to finish a couple of hurdle races over in uh, what I don't even know where that is. It could be France, could be anywhere. But um, they were what thirty six hundred and thirty five hundred meter races. This could be their uh, their Jericho oh, yeah. horse, Nicker. Yeah, well, they've, they've obviously well, he probably can't because he's overseas. No, you can't uh, have to be Australian. He's got to be Australian made, doesn't he? He's a half-brother Stern Idol, so they've obviously sourced him from over there and sort of thought, well, he's a superstar, maybe this horse is as well. 
I think just with what DK's touched on, that's why I think you could get a better price on the day given he drifted first up. Um, he's probably gone up so short because he is my Eustace. And, you know, the other two sort of from not as fashionable stables as uh, the leading stable in the country. So City Limits is out very fast on a race. So I could see the support for him and there already has been. And, uh, I thought Willie Wink was probably the danger, but he has had 22 starts for not one win uh, over in uh, here and New Zealand. So um, he's had a few cracks at it. But uh, yeah, I thought you'd probably get maybe 280 second act and that'd be I'd be happy to try him in the 240 I think he'd just win if he um runs straight in the home straight he just could have a bit more upside than a few of his rivals but uh, I think he could get maybe 280 or a little bit longer come the desk so uh, maybe half now half later sort of scenario well a bit of a watch on that one okay let's uh, kick across to Saturday at Mooney Valley and it's race for the Maureen Slater handicap over 1600 meters I wonder what uh, Maureen thinks about all the comments through the, uh, the the press this week about uh, the racing industry. She must uh, love the whip if she's got a, uh, a race named after her, I would have thought. Uh, the odds courtesy of Top Spot here is OK Cupid at $4.20, Aspen, Colorado, $4.60, Master of Chant, $5.00, Scantoon, $7.50, Oceana Blue, $7.50, Seb Song, $14, Crackerjack Prince, $15.00. And that rounds out the chances. The horse that you like here, Nico, is in the black with a pink cap. It is OK Cupid, Jay Childs, Waterhouse Bot. Yeah, real strong sort of leader from the Waterhouse Bot stable. He's just improved this campaign. Uh, first up, Brian will made him win at Geelong. Second up, he uh, he beat a stack of subsequent winners there in slow time. And again, this was a slow run race, but just the way he doesn't really find anything here. He doesn't have this killer turn of foot. He just sort of grinds away. He beats Hughes, who runs today at Bendigo, short price favourite. Either oh, the Eagles come out one since. Um, I think this form will probably stack up. And he just sort of put him away there. I think due to class, you know, the, the way the race tempo sort of worked out, um, if something had a better turn of footy behind him, like either the Eagle or Hughes, they probably could have beaten him. And that he sort of held him off there. I think getting to 1,600 metres is going to be a big positive for him. And in a faster race, I could see him really elevating his figures. So um, I thought on a day where... You know, there's a few horses like um, Rosillian, Parade that are sort of bringing in the, the last season form. Um, but I thought this horse is, is pretty progressive and he's a three-year-old. You know, he's a three-year-old a week ago. Now he's taking on the older horses. But I feel like his four ones could be a little bit underrated. And I think he's winning a few of his races just off class and uh, the slowly run tempos. I don't think necessarily have suited him given he doesn't have this uh, damaging turn of foot at the end of his races. So up in trip, it'll be interesting to see how the Valley plays if it's sort of, um, you know, plays like it did two weeks ago or uh it's a bit more corrected than that and uh you know him getting back off the fence and potentially swooping for, for this horse you'd probably hope was playing like last week because he's probably a leader but um just sort of wait and see there and geordie childs even if the fence isn't necessarily the greatest place to be he's you know he's a smart enough jockey to probably roll off at the top of the straight and still get him into the best ground so uh i just thought he's a horse on the up and i think he'd be much better suited in probably a faster run race which i think you'll get there on saturday so a bit of a tricky card, and there was a few other horses that sort of looked appealing, like uh, Omni Man. But again, he's a leader, so just how you sort of factor that in, how the day is going to play, um, and there's sort of a few others later on in the card. But I thought this horse, sort of looking at him last start in the yard, I thought he had to probably improve getting up in distance and uh, in a faster run race. So he finds that on Saturday, and hopefully he's the winner again. Mm, I couldn't really encourage anyone to just steam right into the valley until you see how the track's playing. Like yeah, exactly. You've got to watch, watch the nightmare. first few you races. You might get a good handle of it by yeah, what? Race three? three? Yeah, probably race three is probably the time where you can sort of go, okay, this this track's either one way or the other or it's a fair track. Hopefully it is a fair track and it's, you know, they make amends for what happened the other day and, um, you know, everything's all okay there. But um, 
yeah, it's, pro- it's probably hard to steam into the first race with any real confidence. DK will be out there with a the little fella now that Oz uh, kicking that's finished out. Nice little little family day out. Uh, no, no footy still on. I've seen your footy still on. Stern's so well, got the local uh, local derby this week. So well, get up there, mate. Get up there, closer to home. Beauty. Bet, bet the maidens, mm. then go down there after a that's quarter it, that's time it, and that's it, that's have a couple it. of you know, rent tin tinnies. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Races are on. Footy's on. Indoor. It's, it's just perfect. Perfect Saturday afternoon. Melbourne's flying. Nico, uh, so your mounting yard on Saturday at the Valley. What's what's the pro, what is your program going to be for the next week? Uh, we won't set out some stuff today from uh, from Bendigo for the subs, but uh, unfortunately couldn't get there on Saturday. I got a mate coming down. Uh, who I haven't seen for a while, and it's also the missus' birthday. So um, oh, here we go. Few things tied up there, so uh, probably probably not too bad a meeting to miss, and then we'll be uh, full steam ahead probably to the end of December. Really, um, it's probably the last week before we see the real good horses come back. So I'm uh, really excited for the the next couple of months and uh, what we can do with the service. Beautiful. It was on fire yesterday, so uh, make sure you get around that. Twenty five bucks a week, and you get uh, all the bonus meetings. So he doesn't mind uh, sneaking out to a Packenham or Cranbourne or Bendigo meeting, or does lots of different uh, things. Nico, so make sure you get his. Uh, service three to five minutes before each race. Bet with a lot of confidence. I found the winner of the first race thanks to you, Nico. Well, you didn't back it, but you gave me enough of a push on Snow Patrol, which uh, looks like not a bad horse. So thank you for that one. That was a $10 winner. So uh, you can read between the lines, even though if Nick isn't betting, you can uh, chime in there. Well, as I said, no Azza, uh, no Bagman, but uh, Scooty has punning form. We'll travel. I was uh, Eagle Farm last week, but uh, I'm going to uh, moonlight into Adelaide here, John Kelton Territory, Eagle Land, and uh, have a look at the Behemoth Stakes. And it's over 1,200 metres. See you in heaven's a favourite here. $2.60. Savatu Excel is $5.50. Belle Rich is $6. Uh, notable dual nomination there at Mooney Valley. Ironclad, $9. Calypso Rain, $10. Picargo, $10. Bugnish, named after you. DK, $12. Uh, Karakasu, no jockey there, $13. And then you've got Manhattan Times and Howl outside the market. Interesting little trial here. We've got See You in Heaven uh, in the blue uh, with the, uh, the the blue and white blinkers. She's sort of uh, in the lighter color sleeves and three wide out the back. you got Calypso Rain, uh, bounces away pretty nicely. Uh, the gray with the black. And then Rich Jean is sort of leading him up here. Uh, and then Ironclad's in his usual... Um, Racing colours there with uh, our favourite syndicators or definitely Waltz. And you can just sort of see here, she sort of needs to be sort of ridden along a bit to sort of like switch on and, and click on. But she wins the uh, the trial seat you in heaven. And I thought that uh, she was clearly the horse to beat in this race, um, especially that she, they're kicking her off over 1,200 metres. So he's got a pretty good hold of her here. Um, and I just like the way sort of she goes to the line. Interesting. I thought, uh, I'm not sure if it's Kayla uh, in, the, uh, in this jump out or trial or whatever it is. But um, the grey horse, I think I've tipped it on the show once before, but Calypso Rain looks like he's absolutely bolting there on the outside of See You in Heaven there. Um, Ironclad's sort of just getting ridden out and pushed along a bit where she's just sort of um, jogging along nicely outside him. The uh, the big danger here is if uh, Mitch Friedman uh, decides to put uh, Bellad Rich into the race, she can sit uh, a little bit more closely to See You in Heaven. Um, and also there's uh, there's a lot of rain forecast as well. So I think there's up to uh, 6 mil and especially uh, on Saturday morning. So massive, massive weather watch. It's already soft five in Adelaide. 
on Saturday, and then uh, it could uh, get to as low as a soft seven. So if that's the case, I think um, there might be a little bit of a drift or ease in the market on See You in Heaven. I think she can still win, but uh, I think the money will come hard for Belle Rich and uh, Calypso Rain if it uh, if it starts a, a soft seven. Not sure if you boys are around any of that form or notice anything in that trial, but um, I think uh, that that was sort of the race. It looks a, a pretty uh, pretty ripe group three for the picking for for the mares there. We'll see you in heaven. She's the uh, she's the progressive horse of that lot. A lot of them sort of been around the mark there in Adelaide for a while, like Crypto Rain and um, Ironclad. So even Sabbath to XL, he's uh, he's not getting any younger. So um, she's the fresh horse on the scene, and like I said, she just warmed up late in that trial. I watched Bally Rich's jump out at Bendigo actually. I thought. It was okay work. I thought it probably, if she was going to win over 1,200, I think you probably wanted her to jump out a little bit sharper. She's got good ability, as we saw over the summer. But um, yeah, I thought she probably could have jumped out a little bit better to be winning a stakes race first up. So I'm probably lean to you on Evans way as well. There's probably um, a race over 1,400 metres in uh, two or three weeks' time, probably a group two uh, that um, that she'd be targeting seeing in Evans. So she, they might just think she can pick this off, um, off along the way. But it is a little bit of a guessing game too. We saw a horse like Nunthorpe get rolled over or overturned yesterday. You know, um, I look looked a pretty good, a suitable uh, benchmark seventy yesterday. So you just got to be careful. Some of these horses do um, get rissold at the short quote when they're using this race as a stepping stone. DK, oh, just talking about getting rissold at the short odds. That camp's making an art form of it lately. P Moody, like they're just going over and over and over. I know Sensical ran into a nice horse, but then there's the thing last week that that, that sailed Nico that uh, the the Cliff Brown thing beat. There's um, that River Noir and went like was legless on Saturday as the favourite in the first race. He's just making an art form of getting things beat P. Moody at short odds. I'll give you the tip. Be very wary. I was absolutely sick. We launched uh, Hennessy Lad for the syndicate and then um, I thought Carlin gave it an absolute peach, but um, what was it? That uh, Braden Star, your, your camp, Busset and Young knocked me off. Yeah, beautiful. So I'll, yeah, I was in the cupboard for the rest of the afternoon after that. I was absolutely bleeding. So, yes. Just got to be careful uh, when these um, winter and uh, early spring horses have got a fitness edge over a couple of these stars. So um, definitely uh, keep that in mind and you don't have to uh, launch. Uh, Puntingform.com.au uh, helps me do the form so I can uh, bet anywhere all over the shop. Uh, sometimes it's a massive asset and other times I can just uh, land headfirst in the mud like I did uh, on Darwin uh, Cup Day. So make sure you check out punningform.com.au. It will allow you to do form faster and bet with more clarity and definitely more confidence. Looks like it's uh, clear blue skies in Sydney, so they're absolutely laughing up at Rose Hill. Uh, we'll talk about the Pericles race in a moment, but uh, the horse that uh, Walt likes is in race one. It's the English Pink Bonus Handicap over 1,300 metres. Uh, Cabalus is the favourite here. It's $2.40. The Little Pumper, three twenty. dollars Barre, 650 Waverly, $13. Kintyre, $13. Uh, Misty Legend, $13. Miss Gent, $15. How Dare You, 19 And Rockabilly Rebel, uh, $41. It's another one of our syndicate bets, so we're absolutely on fire there. Uh, the replay we're going to have a look at is... Uh, Cabellus, and I think the reason that uh, Walt likes this one is uh, Estriella is the second horse here, and you can just see the uh, the Waller horse sort of getting to work in the uh, 
purple and the white and just starts to uh, mow down these leaders. Shaken's the horse uh, in the Godolphin colours. It has a bleed, so you can probably forgive it next time. Um, and it has to be probably ready first up, as we sort of alluded to next time. But um, this Estriella, they've got a big opinion of that, and uh, they just sort of duke it out and go toe-to-toe there. I do notice that this horse jumps 1,100 to 1,300 metres, which uh, looks really, really suitable. And then you've got horses like the Little Pumper that's going to be back in distance. You've got Gambare that's first up, so may not be ready. Waverley uh, could be uh, a bit of a, uh, a danger here. Has form around some handy horses and first up for Sarge. And then a horse like Miss Gent could be a, a bit of a knockout hope there at, uh, at sort of $15 for Danny Beasley. But um, I would have thought that the uh, Calibus form here at the $2.40, stepping up to the $1,300, uh, looks absolutely cherry ripe if uh, J-Mac can uh, keep it out of trouble from uh, for Barry 3. No, just on your theory, I don't know anything about Sydney Racing, but just what you're saying about they're stepping up in trip uh, to 13 off the 11. It's The 1100s, is, it's so different. to the th- Even though it's only 100 metres, it is so, so different to 1,000 metres stepping up off a 1,000. The, the races are just so different. I don't, I love backing things stepping up off, to, off 1,100 to 12, 13 or even 14. But 1,000 metres, I nearly pen them. You know, stepping up in that because they, you know, it's just they just so run so differently. They just don't give the horses the base to step up in trip, whereas eleven hundred meter races do. So that's a little pearl there. I love love things stepping up in trip, probably second up or whatever off off eleven hundred meters, eleven hundred meter races. Yep, tend to agree there. All right, uh, the other one is that we're going to have a quick look at is race nine. It's the uh, Top Sport handicap over fourteen hundred meters. Good to see they're spending some money in New South Wales sponsoring races, and it's uh, Pericles' favourite here at three twenty. Kalino four forty. You called at eight fifty. Banana. Queen, too bad to be true last start. $8.50. Perfect Thought, $9.50. Madam Pomery, $13. Glint of Silver, $15. And Mission Phoenix, $17. Political Debate, $21. Uh, special Sways out the back there somewhere, $26. And uh, Capri does due for uh, Rachel King and Annabelle Nisham at $26 there. We're going to have a look at the Pericles trial just to get uh, Nico uh, lubed up for his weekend with the misses. And um, here he's just in the outside here, sort of carding widest with the uh, the white star on his head and the black cap. Did you watch this trial, Nico? Yeah, I think everyone saw this trial. Uh, I will say off the top, these these are the stayers. Like it's not like he's trialed like an absolute jet against you know the uh, the short courses. There's 1100 meters. I think that's a Rabaho leading Smoking Romans. I think Francisco Guardi's in front of him and a few others that sort of get over a trip as well. So he's probably the most dynamic horse of this lot over this sort of trip um but it was a pretty good piece of work uh it's a fascinating run i was talking about me and travel having a bit of a a combo last night about him because he trialed so well just where they sort of end up with him is an intriguing runner to kick off at the end of august like the wing stakes is i think next week and um there's plenty of races for him like the lawrence or sort of if you want to look to a fee and so maybe you're sort of cranked up here first up and they do go and try and sort of pinch a race with him um, early in the spring of sort of some group class sort of status because uh, he's chasing a group one still. Probably worth a lot of money if he wins a group one, this horse. Uh, I think nosed out in the Rosehill Guinea sort of last campaigns. But um, as you can see there, punters, he showed a, an electric turn of foot there. But it's just whether he's, he's proper cranked up here, ready to go fresh. So, um, yeah, I think the market will probably tell you late if he's uh, here to play because if he's here to play, he'll probably win. Uh, he's probably got a fair bit more talent than a few of these horses. And, off that trial, he might have come back a little bit sharper, but I would have some reservation just absolutely launching in off it given, uh, you know, he was against the the horses that are looking for 2,400. So I thought Perfect Thought actually trialed pretty well. Again, he beat the Stayers, but um, he's a horse who's shown good talent. 
probably similar sort of level to Pericles, really. Um, probably just a, a run below, but his run in the Queensland Guineas was good. Even his win back in at Flemington over the spring was really good. And if Sarge has him sort of, you know, somewhere ready to go first up uh, off the trial, you'd think he'd be running well also. Interesting last time. He, he, um, he resumed off two or seven, an 800-meter trial, then a 750 trial. This time in, he's gone 800 and 1100. So definitely uh, more cranked up. I thought he was as short as uh, you like. I'm going to have to go back and have a look at uh, – you've probably seen the trial. How did Madame Pomery trial? Because I do notice first up last time, uh, she only got beaten 1.40 in secret first up at massive odds, uh, 30, $31. She ran an absolute bottle of fresh, and now she gets back up to a more suitable trip over 1,400, gets barrier eight, so you'll have some clear air. She just needs to find her back. I thought that $13 about Madame Pomery is um, – well, that's a huge price. Yeah, well, she's a group one winner um, of thousand guineas, so you, you probably got to factor that in somewhat. That she's got that level of class. Thought from, I think I've seen one of her trials that was okay from memory. Waller horses are probably much harder to get a guide on at this time of year in their trials compared to Godolphin. Most of the Godolphin horses, um, you know, if you're trialing bad in that camp, you probably don't have a lot of ability. Whereas Team Waller, you can sort of sit out the back and do nothing and still come out and win first up. So they're not really cranked up in their trials, and they're sort of. Just there for a look around most of the time, but I think I saw one of her trials and it looked okay. Yeah, I think uh, that's the only uh, two ways to play that one. Have you got? Uh, he had a look at that one, that race, DK, or any thoughts? No, no thoughts, Scooty. I wouldn't be able to add anything there. Apologies. You're all right, mate. I thought uh, you just might step in for the big fella there. If uh, you want some of Walt's insights, racingwatch.com.au is where you can find it, and so you can get uh, Telegram or the Discord channel. And uh, you're mad if you don't uh, check that out. It's time now for Donnie's Best. G'day, lads. Couple of best bets for this weekend's racing. The first and probably the better bet comes up in Rose Hill in race six, Call Die. Um, it got, probably got stretched to a distance a bit further than what it wanted at the back end of last preparation. Its maiden win at the Kensington was exceptional. It's trialed really, really strong against Alligator Blood. It maps nicely. Tim Clark, probably one out, one back, maybe Two bears back. If there's enough speed on, I think we'll have enough sprint to come over the top of the late. I think it's about 350, 360 on Tort Sport currently, so that looks a nice price. The other best bet is in Eagle Farm, race one, Vodka Martini. It's a tough on pace horse. It's found its form. Um, it should find the front. La Melody, the main danger. It's coming out from Tamworth. It's only really one on a country track. It's still in good style, but I think um, Vodka Martini is the fitter horse and will be front, so it's going to be extremely hard to run down. So the two best bets are. On Sunday, uh, called I Rose Hill Race 6 and Vocal Martini Eagle Farm Race 1. Let's go. I think Donnie's found a winner here with uh, Rose Hill Race 6, number 8, called I. I think it was an absolute beauty. I was te- I was super keen to hear uh, Walt's thoughts on this with uh, Timmy Clark on board. Looks, uh, give me race for it if uh, they're just going to stick to the short different distances. And the former round shuffle dancer and Royal Merchant laced up heels seems uh, good enough to be uh, picking this race off. Uh, the Eagle Farm race is an absolute beauty. Uh, La Melody is a horse I despise. Uh, pulled up with hard arrhythmia at $1.50 and cost me a $40,000 multi last uh, preparation. So I thought Walt was going to absolutely uh, tear me apart um, and troll me with that one. So I've, uh, I've shelved myself anyway. So Vodka Martini, absolutely flying two kilo claim. CJ Graham rides okay. And uh, Andrew Mallion can uh, get caught out the back on occasion so i think donnie's on the mark there and i do notice he's a bit of a uh, an amy shark fan bit of trivia for you dk you go to the cheering concerts and uh don't don't mind the odd uh, tune or two but uh good bird amy shark she uh she said yes to doing donnie's wedding then she blew up and became this sort of 
megastar, and she uh, she still came good with the commitment to sing at his at his, uh, at his wedding. So she didn't rush. So Amy Shark, uh, absolute uh, superstar. I saw her on she she was on the um, the Island Center was on the Celebrity Apprentice. So was you she? got a good insight. Yeah, she was good. She was really good on that. So you, actually, that makes, makes makes sense. You know, she seemed she came across really well on that. Pretty genuine, so. Outstanding. All right, top sports steamers, early money here. Oitara, as I said, got the chocolates last week, $7 into uh, around $2.90 or $3. And uh, Mooney Valley race two, number four is the first bet here. A monkey on twin perfection, 500 at $5.50. Nico, have you got any insight into this race? Yeah, we actually backed twin perfection last start at Sandown. So I thought that race worked out really well for him. We had a crack at him and... Um, he sort of steps up a bit, but he's, he's absolutely in the zone. He's last two, and I think they found the key to him, stick, keeping him at 1,000 metres. He's only got a bit hissy fit, who had a fair bit of improvement to come first up out of the yard, I thought. So she'll probably only be improved by that run and maybe could get back to some of her best sort of form or ratings. If you sort of see that in her profile, I think she'd improve from the first up run. But he's in the zone, twin perfection, and we talked about last week with Philip Stokes. He's absolutely flying so well. Yeah, probably want to keep piling his horses. Beautiful. Race 10, number four, is Magnum Bullet, $141, now slashed into $21 for uh, Madison Lloyd. Maybe connections or owners or something because uh looked a pretty strong race for a horse like Magnum Bullet, who probably would have to bring his absolute best. And uh, was half in reverse last up, but um, you know, if he was playing like he did last week, he's a horse that gets up well, on top of the speed. That's the key there. Yeah, he's a he's he, a He wants the track to be like it was the other day. Yeah, so maybe there's... um. Someone out there hoping it plays like it does uh, two weeks ago. Flashing light run there is uh, deep in the market there. Periel D Lane, who has come back with a bit of a bang, and uh, that horse was absolutely super the, against the uh, the pattern that day. So, Moody Valley Race Ten Number Eleven should be hard to beat without knowing much about uh, Helix from the Clinton McDonald Yard. Might be one for uh, in the know with Snow. Might have to uh, get his insights there and see if uh, that's a horse to uh, be following. Uh, the next one here is Rose Hill Race 6, number 3, uh, Sabrinko, 200 at uh, $16. We'll have a quick squeeze here, and it's got to take on uh, Call Die, so we'll definitely be in uh, the Call Die corner there, but uh, Bullock for uh, Tracy Bartley. So it'd be uh, silly not to just have a closer look at that one at the price alone at uh, $16. And then you've got uh, Eagle Farm Race 5, number 3, uh, Trevelyan. Uh, that's in uh, Donny and Scooty territory there. And that's against Shopping Esprit, Fast Talking, Tony B, Hasbro, Wayery Falls, Nick House Burr. So I would have thought that that race is uh, completely up for grabs outside the favourite. And that horse Trevelyan's been 19 into $11. So sharp little move there. Um, but uh, the favourite has come out there, uh, Ashgrove, who is a dual nominator. And I think he uh, takes his place in race three, so he'll be pretty hard to beat in race three. I would have thought uh, Ashgrove, race three, number four. So uh, plenty of uh, action there. DK, have you, have you got anything for us? I've got uh, needs to lift down on my notes because I think I've been burnt the last couple of times you've been uh, tipping around the grounds. Well, it was good. The horse buck jumped out of the gates last week. That was, that was, that was real good. <laughs> Fair dinkum, right? Anyway. Uh, no, I've got nothing to note. Nico's done the maidens tomorrow, so um, no, not not out wide enough for me, Scooty. Geelong with all the good jocks and good trainers and big fields and whatnot, so um, Nico's already done done them. I won't be tipping against him, so um, no, no, I've got nothing for you, sorry, this week. All right, just uh, sabotage half the show and uh, you're going to give <laughs> leave us with donuts. Your homework's to try and uh, break bread with Walty and hopefully um, we can get the show back to uh, – it's uh, it's for a uh, four panel members plus Azza, Azza's horse uh, in Geelong. Nico, 
Any uh, any thoughts there? I thought it went up a big price as this horse. I was surprised it wasn't shorter. I think it went up like three eighty or something. So uh, it was a good winner the other day, and it didn't look like it was striking the uh, the deepest race. So I'll be interested to see the the way the market sort of handles in there. A good good program from Geelong um, Bendigo today, and then obviously the Valley Saturday. But um, you know, two meetings, two good tracks to bet on the next two days, and then uh, into the Valley. So um, at least we've got something there if uh, the Valley doesn't play the way. Um, punters hopefully like but um yeah bendigo today should be a good card and then hopefully we get found a few winners at geelong for the punters and uh yeah i think rose hill's probably where the the action's going to be this weekend as we touched on a few of those races but um gee seeing seeing a few of those names back in the form guided uh definitely gets you excited for the spring that's for sure yeah uh, geelong race seven number two struck gold is as his horse and you have to be absolutely horned up to lux to go down to uh, geelong to watch racing uh, DK, I think there's some old footage of you pulling off a sting there back in the day um, out there on the uh, the Twitter sphere or on YouTube. You and Croft had that horse, so it's definitely a place to uh, bet up and absolutely launch. That was funny. That remember I didn't we didn't tip struck gold because it was up against a horse called Poison Chalice, and then I go and went and tipped some other dingo. Anyway, Poison Chalice got scratched. Struck gold once by wins by six. Poison Chalice goes. To, when was it the Sunday? Was it Nico or the Friday? Or the sun the Sunday. Yeah, Geelong. went on the Sunday to Geelong. And got held up from the 500 to the 150, and still still showed it like a turn of like a group horse to win. So um, it's funny how things pan out. That's that's the problems you've got to deal with the early markets. But they could be two 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 top, you know, horses on the ride on the way up, particularly that poison chalice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one definitely one to follow there with the uh, the Tijuana and the uh, the Stup Fulham uh, through there. So big win there. And yeah, I think maybe my gripe for next week is uh, trainers scratching horses off wide barriers. It's it's my absolute. Uh, pain point at the moment and it's at the moment there's so many races around for trainers they're sort of laughing and giggling about it and there's like six there's six scratchings in one race and so if you even draw them wide by the time everyone else gets the shits with drawing wide you actually got a good barrier and it's just been happening a lot of black bookers that i'm finding at the moment um they just keep scratching because they got a wide barrier and then they're going a harder race and they're still got a wide barrier so i tell you what. No, it's been, it, it's been endemic mate it's endemic it's a, it's a disease the scratching disease it's uh, <laughs> there's no cure for it ugh. They're just absolutely imbeciles sometimes, trainers. Because they can dual accept and everything, you know. Anyway, it's what it is. It's crazy. All right. Hopefully we found you a couple of winners and uh, we'll see you next week and we'll be bright, bubbly, and we'll, we'll be back as a United team. See you guys.